Welcome to the Port Churn Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics, which of course is the Lord speaking. And we follow the example of the Book of Acts Church, and in doing so, and digging deeper into Scripture, we don't water it down, we don't filter it, and in the process, we discover the church the Lord intended, not the one man created. The porch is an online community of believers who all have that heartfelt desire to find that church, to be that church, to restore the priesthood of the believer and regain the world-shaking influence that the early church had. We believe the church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still burns. It's still available. The Porch was created as an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc., a Florida non-for-profit since January of 2000. On Solomon'sPorch.org is that website if you need to contact us, or you can go to FirefallTalkRadio.com and contact us there as well. Make sure you bookmark the Spreaker site for Firefall Talk Radio, the main broadcasting site, the only place you hear us live. If you have the Spreaker app, just subscribe, and it'll let you know when a new show has been posted. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We also broadcast archived on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Blog Talk Radio. Looks like Amazon's getting ready to get into the podcasting thing. We're filling out a a form there so that we'll be on when it gets up and running. Let's get the word out. Let's increase our reach. Let's prepare the bride, prepare the church. When I say shake the world one last time before the return of the king, I sincerely mean it. And if you want to support what we do here, you can go to Firefall Talk Radio at the bottom of the page. is a PayPal link, or you can use the Venmo app. It's easier, less fees for us. Uh, We're found there as at Firefall Media Group, one word, uppercase on the F, the M, and the G. For everyone that does support us, we truly appreciate you. I try to keep up with uh, the notifications, and uh, send a thank you. If I've missed anybody, uh, hear it from me now. I am sincerely thankful for all that you do. Just give us the Lord leads. Anyone not wanting to hear the community part of the porch can jump off directly to the chapter marked Shofar and go directly into the lesson. If you're listening live, you're stuck with me. Rosh Hashanah, Feast of Trumpets, September 19th, and then in September 22nd, is fall, the autumnal equinox. The 19th is next Saturday. And then two weeks after that, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. I mean, uh, not two weeks. Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, September 28th. And then two weeks after that, we have Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, October 3rd through the 9th. Many of us believe that something Big is happening between Feast of Trumpets and Feast of Tabernacles. If you believe that, keep praying, start praying, believing, speaking, and believing. Praise reports, prayer requests. Well, as always, I start out, lead by example. It's what I believe. I praise the Lord for my home. First of all, for my salvation. Without that, I'm not here. Somebody else is doing it, and I don't know who they are. Uh, Without my salvation, I don't have any of the other things I'm about to mention. Of course, my home, of which I'm sitting in and doing this in a studio, my lovely wife of 40 years, my family, which is my two sons, of whom I'm very proud, my daughter-in-laws, who we love dearly, and, of course, um, our grandson, my little mini-me. I uh, praise the Lord for that. I praise him for our furry kids. We are furry kid people. And for all the possessions that he's given us. I praise him for his protection. Even in the midst of everything that's going on, I trust him. I trust him in the storm. I trust him in the midst of everything because I know he's as good as his word. I praise him for letting me work his ministry. It's always going to be his. It'll never be mine. For the dreams and the visions and the fulfillment that I've seen happening. I'll be saved uh, 32 years next month. And I've seen a lot more happen in these last couple of years as things speed up. Praise him for his healing virtues and the fact that we can praise him. You know, we talk about our brothers and sisters around the world, and the stories are horrendous. 
We should be thankful that here in America that's not happening to us. We can still worship him. We can still praise him. We can still do stuff like this. I praise him for his favor. I praise him for the divine revelation and everything that he has shared with me, for being a new creation and living in these prophetic times, being called to serve him in these prophetic times. I praise him for America. I've always been a red, white, and blue kind of guy. I've had moments where I was a little disappointed, but no matter what's going on, no matter who's in charge, no matter what's happening, I believe in America and was celebrating uh, another September 11th in a couple of days, and it always weighs on my heart. I may post a little podcast video about that. Keep your eyes open for that. I praise him for the signs that he's getting ready to return. I know some people say, oh, he's not coming anytime soon. Folks, it started when Israel became a nation. That's when the clock began to tick, and the things are building, and the momentum is picking up. So I believe he's coming very soon. So let's get ready. Pray for the Middle East. A lot of crazy, exciting things happening. People making peace with Israel, uh, Muslim countries, Saudi, uh, United Arab Emirates, uh, uh, all Malawi, which is predominantly a Muslim country. Everybody's signing these peace deals with Israel. Everybody's moving their um, embassies to Jerusalem. And while it's all exciting, it's also a sign of where we're going where things are happening. So let's pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you, Psalm 122, verse 6. Praying for America and its leaders, for people to get saved, for people to learn to love the Lord and follow his word, for the leaders and the citizens at this time in this unrest. As we get closer to the election, I may uh, break ranks and say some things. I'll and share with you what I what I think. Pray for the fatherless and the widows, the innocents, the victims of injustice. I, I am glad to see that more has happened in the regard in the area of um, exploited children, sex trafficking, human trafficking in the last three years than in oh eight eight maybe twenty four or twenty eight eight years prior. But it's not enough. It's not enough. They're rescuing 30 kids at a time. How did 30 kids get there? A lot of craziness, a lot of ugliness, satanic, ugly, demonic stuff. SRT, we stand against it. We pray against it. I ask that you do so too. Pray about the religious persecution and the anti-Semitism. It's what's happening to our brothers and sisters, both in the church and our Jewish brothers and sisters. Spirit of the Antichrist is getting bolder preparing for its unveiling. I pray right now for each and every one of you, divine wholeness, health, and continued healing as we get back to our divine design. You can't do what he's called you to do if you're sick. I mean, you can, and he still gets glorified, but I believe he wants you to be healed. I think he, I believe he wants you to be whole. I think he, believe he wants your mind to be cleared. So right now, in the name of Yeshua, whatever it is, speak it out as I'm praying for you, but be healed in the name of Yeshua. Be made whole. Be complete in his name. I pray for divine protection over each and every one of us. That Psalm 91 covering to be activated. If you don't know what that is, you need to get a hold of the book, The Supernatural Battle, or write me and I'll send it to you. Um, Praying for inspiration. Every day, pray for new inspiration. Pray for the remnant to wake up. You know who you are. I pray for some of you by name. Wake up. Rise up. Answer the call to action. If you've been blessed, be a blessing. SRT has needs, Firefall has needs, this, the porch has needs to get out there and destroy the work of the enemy, to open up blind eyes, set the captives free. And to do that, it's going to take a little more than normal. We're going to have to drive everywhere. We're going to have to have our own equipment. It's going to be different now. All the rules have changed. It's gotten more difficult, but that doesn't mean we stop. That means we overcome, we persevere. The entertainment industry is pretty much shut down, but it's going to need content. We believe we have content they need to see. So pray with us. Pray with us about that. Pray with us for the favor of uh, divine favor, conclusion to legal matters, our adversity, our family continues to go through. And finally, all of our last lost family members, if they're not saved, 
they're not healed, not delivered, if their names are not written in the Lamb's book of life, raise up their name before the throne room in his seed that somebody would go to them and speak the word. And maybe an angel would visit them, maybe the Lord himself, but they would get saved before it's too late, that they would find him while he may be found. Came in Fort Mitchell, got in under the wire. Actually, she was over the wire, but I broke the rules. See, that that's the good thing about being in control. I can break the rules. Uh, she says, hope all is well. I'm working a lot right now. Kids are back in school. It's going to take some time to get used to all this. I'm doing good, though, and I know he saved my soul. I praise him for his love, protection of my sobriety. I praise him for the, the time he spends with me, for forgiving me when I am impatient. Father, please change my heart. I've spent too much time asking you to fix my problems. When I heard you say this loud and clear, change my heart and my perspective. Protect my family and the porch families. Bless us, favor us in Jesus' name. Well, Father, we just want to tell you how awesome you are. If nobody else has told you today, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy, you are awesome. You are an awesome God. And we love you. We're so thankful that you love us. We're so thankful that you made us and saved us and had a plan to rescue us, that you didn't abandon us. Lord, I don't, I don't even know how those children feel that have been kidnapped or taken or went to the wrong party or made the wrong decision, went to the wrong job interview, and they're trapped in a room somewhere. They're trapped in the dark, locked in a closet, a basement, somewhere, anywhere in the world. Right now, Lord, speak to them. I pray that they would know you as dad, that they would feel your arms and they would be rescued. Lord, we need rescue. We need relief. We need release. We need you. We're so thankful for what you did on the cross. We're so thankful for the power of your blood. We're so thankful for the love that flows from your heart. We're just thankful that we can spend time with you and sit with you in the heavenly places. Thank you for sending back the Holy Spirit who right now is teaching us and speaking to us and opening up our eyes and our ears and our minds to receive. Bless the technology. Bless this time. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Lord, touch each and everybody here that needs it from you. If they're not filled with the Spirit, let them get filled with the Spirit. If they they need it stirred up, stirred up. Let the fruit and the Spirit flow through them so that you can use them. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. These lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. In this manner, therefore, pray. If you want to repeat it with me, please do. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from Hasatan and the fallen. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I've been starting it out this week. Uh, like this every week. I almost didn't do it tonight, but the Lord said, leave it. So I pray that you pray with me. I pray that you're adding this to your prayers, not as a ritual, but as a heartfelt statement between you and your Heavenly Father. The kingdom, the power, and the glory. Boy, do we need that right now and we forever. The kingdom, power, and the glory is the kingdom of God. His rule, his sovereignty, his dominion, his power, his control, his authority over all things in heaven and on earth. Oh, the fallen, they think they're in control. Satan thinks he's in control. Men and women and politics and power and entertainment, they think they're in control. No, they're not. 
They just think they are. What we need right now is we need people to know who who they are. That's why I'm staying on this. I'm trying to get you, and maybe it's just one of you or two of you. Hopefully it'll be all of you, but I don't know. I don't know who's getting it. I don't hear from anybody. I get no feedback except from the same people that have always communicated with me. I want you to get to the place where his power and his glory and the, and the presence of the kingdom flows through your life, your everyday life, 24-7. That you become an ambassador to the kingdom, to the king, for the kingdom of God. To do that, you need the dunamis, the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit that came through Pentecost. You need the power, you need the strength, you need the miracles, the might, the authority, the force. That ability, whether physical or moral or spiritual, whatever is residing in you, power in action. See, the upper room, that was the triggering event for this new supernatural spiritual paradigm, which is the kingdom of God. As I mentioned last week, and somebody um, communicated with me about it. I've learned more about the kingdom of God in the last year than I did in 31 years prior. I'm getting an understanding of it that I never had before. I'm beginning to walk in a power, and and don't get me wrong, folks, I've been blessed, and many of you have been around me when it's happened, but I'm I'm going to a different place. I'm going to a different level. Some Somebody said it's a transition. Somebody else said it's a promotion. I don't know what it is. I just know I want it. I want the glory. I want the physical manifestation of the divine presence of my Father in heaven flowing through me. You know, Moses said, show me your glory. He wanted to see it. I want to have it. I want to walk in it. I want that tangible expression of who he is through his Son to shine through me, and I want it to shine through you. We've been called to share in his eternal glory by the means of his son, Messiah Yeshua. Yeshua fulfilled Moses' request for all of us. But that glory is something to be sought after. Romans 8.18, Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present age are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now, it's being revealed in us. We are transformed from glory to glory. The more time you spend in his presence, the more you absorb his glory. Now, of course, when we get our glorified bodies, then we will resonate. We will reflect it full time. But now we have this battle between the spirit and the flesh and the world, and it's a struggle. But that's your inheritance. That's who you're supposed to be. I don't care how much you know. I don't care how much you don't know. I don't care who you know, as long as you know the Lord. And you can have that glory. You can walk in that presence. You can walk in that peace. This positional authority, what I've been sharing with you, I'm kind of backing you into a corner here. Because it forces us to reconcile the fact that we live in a fallen world that is at war with the kingdom of God. I don't understand how people don't get that, but okay. Satan knew this, and he flaunted it in the Lord's face. Matthew 4, 8. The devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Of course, the Lord didn't fall for it. But see, what Satan was showing him, he was, that glory refers to political power and dominion. Hasatan's strategy was to get Yeshua to abuse his position as the Son of God, which would have diverted him from the path of suffering and obedience. It would have diverted him from the cross. See, that's what Satan was trying to do. Because Satan, the adversary, is a usurper 
of man's dominion. He stole it from Adam. He's the prince. He's the god of this world system. All you have to do is watch the news. All you have to do is drive somewhere, go to a store, go to a movie, go, just go into a restaurant. 99% of the people will not pray over their food. Just a simple little thing like that. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4, Whose minds the God of this age, Satan, has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Messiah who is the image of God, should shine on them. You have to be beacons. You have to make a conscious decision. I'm going to shine. I'm going to reflect his glory. I don't care the consequences. I don't care what anybody thinks. Because unbelievers, and we know many of them, they've got a really strong barrier to overcome. They've been blinded. They've been lied to. They've been manipulated. They've been hypnotized. Satan's good at that. He can mesmerize just with the sound of his voice. And what he's done is he's convinced the world that something is true that is painfully wrong. Proverbs fourteen twelve. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. That's what he's doing. That's what the fallen are doing. That's what their demonic offspring are doing. The God of this world and the kingdom of darkness is fighting against the change and the restoration that the gospel brings to people's hearts and minds. But this is where you come in. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You're a chosen race. You're a chosen group. You're a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, dedicated unto him. He purchased you with the blood of his son. You've been purchased. You are special. You are set apart to do glorious, wonderful deeds and display his love and his virtues and the perfection of him who called you out of darkness and into the light. Chosen, royal, holy, bought. Bought at a price, a very severe price, his blood. But you've got to stop seeing yourself as anything less than what you are. First Peter 2, verses 4 and 5, Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, that's Yeshua, you also... As living stones are being built up into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, there that is again, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Messiah Yeshua. No more animal sacrifices, no more blood sacrifices. He did it once for all. But you're offering up spiritual sacrifices. You've been transformed, not only internally as living stones, you've been built up into a spiritual house. You've been pulled into a holy priesthood. And in doing so, we should be offering spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Yeshua. Well, what living sacrifice? Well, here it is, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We are a priesthood that functions in a ruling capacity as kings. That's that positional authority we've been talking about. Don't sell yourself short. Maybe you have to remind yourself every day. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. 
and then speak by faith. I am the lender and not the borrower. Pray for God to get you out of the bondage of Egypt, which is credit. But then you have to do something else. You have to see yourself as the temple that the Spirit of God dwells in you. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Our Heavenly Father no longer manifests himself in a place or a building, but in a people, his children, who belong to him and praise his goodness. <coughs> Excuse me. That's why this, this temple that's getting ready to be built, it's not for us. People get so excited about the third temple. All that tells me is we're getting closer to the end. And the Antichrist is nearby. That's not, that building's not for us. We are his temple. We are the arcs of the covenant. The elements that are in the ark are in us. We're transformed. We're different. At least we should be. Hebrews 13, 15, and 16. Therefore, by him, let us... You, me, everybody, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. That faith, that love inspires you to do something with it. Heavenly Father, I love you. You are awesome. I praise you. You gave me back my family. You gave me back my soul. You you put me to work in the family business. How awesome are you? Our God is an awesome God. Maybe you need to get some of those uh, praise and worship songs from the 80s and the 90s that were just really so powerful with the word and start singing them. We need to be his agents of change his agents of intervention and intercession. Are you not seeing what's going on out there? The world needs the real church. Doesn't need religion. Doesn't need the dog and pony show. Doesn't need the smoke and the mirrors and the lights and the uh, self-centered activities. It needs a church that's going to shake it. It needs a church that's going to fight for it. It needs a church that is going to love it. But he did work in us. He made us alive, dead in trespasses and sins in which we once walked in according to the course of this world, in according to the prince of the power of the air, the god of this world, Satan, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of our mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as they were. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, with a little bit of the Richard Grund version added in. But I want to remind you, 1 John five nineteen, that we are of God. But the whole world, the rest of the world, lies under the sway of the wicked one. Don't believe me? Let me tell you a story. According to CBN News, radical Muslims wage war for control of Nigeria. Christians are suffering massive attacks. This is from D.D. Lagerson with Save the Persecuted Christians. They go after Christians and moderate Muslims. They push a hardline Muslim agenda, and it's their intention to establish a caliphate and to rid all of Nigeria and West Act. Africa of any Western influence whatsoever. What's their goal? Turn Nigeria into a totally Muslim country and force Christians, who make up half of the country's population, to either leave or convert to Islam. Christians are the, in the eye of the target, and they're coming after them, D.D. Lagerson went on to say. And the numbers are staggering. Now listen to me here. I'm talking about your brothers and sisters in Nigeria. August 7th, Muslims stormed five remote Christian villages in Kaduna State, killing 33 villagers. July 24th, 21 people are dead. Scores injured. Several Christian homes are destroyed by militants. 
July 10th to the 27th, people killed when assailants armed with guns and machetes attacked a wedding reception. And the list goes on. Even secular human rights groups say what's going on in Nigeria is genocide. Don't think we live in a fallen world? Let me bring it a little closer to home. And some of you better listen to this. This is from Glenn Beck, The Blaze. The three co-founders of the Blacks Lives Matter BLM movement are Marxist feminist. <coughs> Sorry, I got a little tickle here. And that's not just an opinion. It's something they openly state. But it goes a little deeper than that. One of the founders, Patrice Cullors, C-U-L-L-O-R-S, along with Melina Abdullah, who is a feminist professor and co-founder of the Los Angeles chapter of BLM, they both employ worshiping and calling on the spirits of the dead as a key aspect of BLM's social justice strategy. In June, the Berkeley Center which is actually at Georgetown University, published an article titled The Fight for Black Lives is a Spiritual Movement. I read the article, so these quotes are in there. I confirmed them. The article describes the Los Angeles chapter of BLM leading a ceremony in June in front of, in June, in front of Mayor Eric Garcetti's house to demand the defunding of police. It describes how the BLM LA co-founder, Melina Abdullah, quote, led the group in a ritual reciting the names of those taken by state violence before their time. They call them ancestors, now being called back to animate their own justice. So they chanted. They chanted the names of George Floyd, Philandro Castile, Andrew Joseph, Michael Brown, and on and on, several more names. And between each name, they said, I say. Well, what's going on here? Well, this is again from the ceremony and the article written on it. As each name is recited, Dr. Abdullah poured libations on the ground. As the group of over 100 chanted Ase, a Yoruba term. Uh, Yoruba is a um, pagan religion of divination from West Africa. Used by practitioners of the Ifa faith. And so this ritual, Dr. Abdullah explained, is a form of worship. The article goes on to the fact that part of their worship was summoning deities. Patrice Colors is ordained in the Ifa religion. And they recorded a Facebook Live event where they talked about it, talked about summoning the spirits of the dead as part of their work. She, Dr. Abdullah went on to say she actually hangs out and laughs with one of the spirits that she summons. Wake up, church. Understand what you're agreeing with. Understand the world that you live in. Two cannot walk together unless agreed. Ephesians 5.11 have nothing to do with the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Ephesians 2.2 You used to live in sin. Just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world, the prince of the power of the air. He is the spirit that is work, at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. This is the world you're living in. This is the world you're supposed to impact. The kingdom of God is at war with this with that war, with its mindset, with, that, with its spirituality, under the guise of social justice, of which this really isn't about that, and change, the real change, is being fought and sought in the supernatural realm, hidden in the shadows and the darkness. And I found a quote by George Orwell that lined up with this. Power is in tearing human minds to pieces and putting them together again in new shapes of our own choosing. You can't agree with... If you agree with Black Lives Matter, if you agree with those people, if you stand with them, don't tell me you're a Christian. Now, 
Are you against injustice? Absolutely. I understand it. I grew up in the 60s. I was a child and, and you know, in, in the early 60s when, when it was at its peak. As, I, as I've said to people, don't tell me I don't understand being poor or racism. I was one of the kids with the other kids that had no fathers and whose mother didn't have enough money who on the summer mornings would go to the school and for breakfast or lunch and and eat the processed cheese. Folks, you ain't you have never lived unless you've eaten processed cheese. Or the the sugar pop cereal that you could pour the milk in the thing and you thought it was so cool. It wasn't, it was pure sugar, but that was what we ate for the morning and sometimes we went back for lunch. And the kids I sat with, they were black and they were Hispanic and there were a handful of other kids white like me. Actually I'm not white, I'm olive, I'm Italian. I don't fall into the white category. But the fact is we were all poor. We're all most of us living with our grandparents, and our fathers were all gone, absent, walked out. I understand what that's like. I understand having friends that I was so close to that I could no longer go to their home. And when I asked why, they simply said, well, the older guys don't want you around. The older black guys didn't want the white kid around, the Italian kid around. I I know what racism is. I know what being poor is. I know what being beaten up is for the color of my skin. At the age of 12, standing on a bus stop waiting for the bus to take me 10 blocks from my elementary school to my home, this angry black girl just walked right up to me, didn't like the way I looked or the way I looked at her, took a bottle, broke it, and stuck the sharp end in my face. Luckily, I pulled my face back just enough that she just caught the tip of one end into my chin. Oh, she got me. And her friend was holding her back, telling me, get out of here. So I did. I walked the 10 blocks home with blood streaming out of my chin onto my nice white shirt. And then a cop car pulls up, and I think that's great. These guys are going to take me home, or maybe they'll get me stitched up, or they'll do something for me. And they asked me what happened. And when I told them, they mocked me and said, wow, you, you let a black girl do that to you? And they drove off, and they left me to walk another five blocks home. Even then, I was 12 years old, I wasn't going to hit a girl. I'd been mugged, I'd been robbed, I'd been cut, and unfortunately it was always by somebody of of the black skin color, and eventually I started to hate. I was angry, but then God healed me, and mostly all of my original prayer partners and friends in the church were black. I was never a racist, I never hated The people, I hated the spirit. I hated what was done to me. But the one thing I'll never do is I'll never go along to get along. I'll never walk with somebody that I know is trying to use hate to fight hate or intolerance to stop intolerance. My eyes are open to that. My eyes are open to this. If you agree with this, you better get before the Lord and find out where you are. But the one thing we cannot ignore is that we live in a perpetual war zone until the king returns. You don't like what's going on in the world? Then get on your knees and pray. You don't like what's happening in America? Get on your knees and pray. Cry out to the Lord. Bind, loose, speak word into the air. Praise you. Do whatever you have to do to use your authority, your positional positional authority. Excuse me, I'm getting a little emotional here because I remember my childhood. I remember what it was like to have a a knife stuck to my gut and robbed. I remember what it was like to live in New York during that time. But we need to be strong in the Lord right now. We need to be empowered through our union, our positional seating with him. We need to draw strength from him, that strength which his boundless might provides. We need to put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier which God supplies, that we may be able to successfully stand against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. We're not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but with the rulers, the despots, the powers, 
the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present age, this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. You don't even need to know their names. You just need to pray against them. Standing. Therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all, the crisis demands to stand firmly in place. Will you stand in place? Or are you going to watch it on the news? Or are you going to go along with it because you feel bad? from the limited information that you've been given to manipulate you into a response? Since the fall in the Garden of Eden and the corruption of mankind on Mount Hermon, when the watchers came down and went into the daughters of Adam and created that race of giants, the Nephilim, who went on to create more children, whose bodies died in the flood, but their supernatural spirits, their demonic spirits lived on. Since that moment, a power shift took place that took over the rule of the entire world. But that all changed on a hill called Calvary, Golgotha, the place of the skull. When the Lord died on that cross, when he bled his blood into the ground, on the cross, his position on the cross, his positional authority shifted everything upward toward heaven. The cross became the connector between heaven and earth. It bridged the transmission and activated the transition back to the Garden of Eden, just spiritually. But when his feet touched down on the Mount of Olives on his return, that connection, that restoration will be complete. Now, having said all that, and hopefully I still have you. Hopefully I didn't lose you. Hopefully your eyes are starting to open. Your mind is starting to open. Your heart is changing. Let me read this to you again, Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. This Lord speaking in all Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth. Where'd that power come from? It came from the throne room, the helper whom he set back, which sent back the spirit of truth, which proceeds from the father, causes you to do what? To testify of him. You know what I'd like to see just once in the middle of these riots, in the middle of somebody getting attacked, in the middle of somebody of, of something ugly thing happening, somebody screaming at the top of their lungs. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, in the name of Yeshua, stop. Somebody having the kind of faith to speak out his name in authority. That's what he gave us in the Holy Spirit. That's real authority. A power that emanates from the Father through the Son to us. Two types of power, dunamis, which is action, miracle, strength, mighty works, and exousia, the character, the power, the authority, the jurisdiction. One is the power of rule or government. The other is a, a power, a, 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 an example of a substantial an action. It's to have the authority and to use it. And then when you use it, the authority that you have is activated and does something. Boy, I hope you're getting this. Even though this is really basic, it's really powerful. That's our positional authority. And I do see the church doing something. I do see people having praise and worship services and and praising and singing and doing those things. And I think that's awesome. People getting saved, people getting baptized. But where's the power? Where are the power brokers? Where are the soldiers of the Lord? The ones who don't put their trust in politics or in man put it in the name of the Lord. We're watching demons and human bodies run amok. Where's the church? All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Now go, Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. He said, go, go do something with it. 
because he's far above all principality and power, might and dominion, every name that is named not only in this age, but which is to come. Ephesians 1.21, 1 Peter 3.22, where is he? He's gone into heaven, and he's at the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers have been made subject to him. And when he comes back, Mark 14.62, well, I tell you what, I'm so jacked up right now, I can't even talk. You will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. The right hand of the Almighty and coming on the clouds of the sky. Now go. Go do something with it. You've got positional power. You've got the authority. You've got the authoritative power and the tangible explosive power that comes to the Holy Spirit. That's what exousia and dunamis is. The exousia is the authority. The dunamis is the application of that authority. You think it was important? Dunamis used 122 times in the New Testament in 116 verses. Exousia, 103 times in 93 verses. And then there's a whole other word that I'm going to drop on you. Dominion. We mentioned it before. That's the Greek word, kratos, manifested power. Oh, my goodness. We've got the authority power. We've got the expression of the power. And then we've got the manifested power, the dominion, the glory of God. 1 Peter 5.11, to him be what? Be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. It's his dominion. Oh, yes, Satan's the god of this world, but he's the god of all creation. That's who your daddy is. Jude one twenty five to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Revelation 12.10, John the Revelator speaking, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Messiah have come for the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. Where has he been cast down? He's been cast down to earth. You still think you want to be here? You still want to listen to those guys that tell you there's no rapture, you're going to be here? You want to be here when Satan and the fallen get kicked out of the heavenly realm and they're down on earth and they've lost their perch in the sky and they know the clock is ticking and then their sons get out of the pit and the other kings get out of the pit. You want to be here? Salvation, strength, and the power of the Messiah, that's ours. The power, the authority, the jurisdiction of a spiritual monarch or ruler. See, this has always been in the Word. But what I'm doing is I'm taking it and tying it to other scriptures to show you the complete picture so that you know who you are in him. Maybe you've been lied to. Maybe you've sat under false teaching. Maybe you sat under good teachers that just weren't where you needed them to be. I'm, I'm reading and teaching stuff that I've never heard before. And I've, I sat under a really good teacher. I've read a lot of books. I've listened to a lot of people. I don't anymore. Ephesians 3.10, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Where are the rulers that are ruling these people? Where are the, where are the ones that are calling the shots? Some may be out and about on the earth and we can't see them, or at least you can't see them. But for the most part, they're ruling this from above. They're manipulating this from a distance. But you're supposed to be showing them the manifest wisdom and power of him. Ephesians 6.12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darknesses of this age and the spiritual host of wickedness. In the heavenly places. Who do you think is manipulating those women to do the incantations that I read to you? An unholy spirit. 
either inside of them or outside of them. But Colossians 1.16, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Colossians 2.10 and verse 15 of chapter 2. You are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Having disarmed principalities and power, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. And where is he? He's gone into heaven. He sits at the right hand of God. Everything is subject to him. And where do we sit? With him in the heavenly places. See, if I can get you to understand the aspect of authority and your ability to influence things that was so important that all the writers of the New Testament, of the, of the gospel letters, of the letters, they cover it in some form. It was so important that they all touched on it or taught on it. They were trying to get the church of that day to understand. I believe the early church understood the aspect of kingdom warfare and the constant struggle with these powers. Some of them paid for it with their life. But they got the job done before they were taken out of here. But it's a constant struggle. Until the Lord comes back, this isn't our home. We don't belong here. But we've been left behind to do a job. We've been left here to finish the job. Oh, he's already won. The enemy's already subject, but the enemy refuses to to submit. We're on cleanup duty. We're on the job to shut down the terrorist activity in in the darkness, the kingdom of darkness. But too many have abdicated that position. Too many have been fooled by contemporary teachers that there is no warfare. It's all been done. Don't worry about it. He'll send angels to do it for you. Found a quote by a man named Vance Havner. He was an evangelist. Oh, back in the early 1900s, Billy Graham said he was the most quoted evangelist that he knew of. This is what he says about that. There are many who say they want to be victorious Christians, but few are willing to endure the discipline necessary to make one a good soldier of Jesus, the Messiah. There is a prize to possess, but before we possess it, there is a price to be paid, and few will pay it. Even the children of Israel, they were promised the promised land. It was theirs for the taking. Somebody else was there, and they had to fight them off to take back what God had given to them. And unfortunately, the only two people that had the faith to do it were Joshua and Caleb. So all the other leaders had to die out before they could make the journey in. And then God anointed them and gave them the ability to do so. Have you heard the scripture, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? Well, if he's in you, then you must be the one using his power to do what must be done. So, humble yourself under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. And let me add to that your Messianic brothers and sisters too. In his kindness, God has called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Messiah Yeshua. So, after you've suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you He will place you on a firm foundation. All power to be to him forever. Amen. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 11. We need to wake up. We need to be vigilant. We can't fall asleep. We can't be dumbed down. We can't go along with stuff like those women from 
Black Lives Conjuring Spirits, Hanging Out with Spirits, a whole movement that is based upon that, no matter what you believe. You you want to get involved in social justice or uh, helping people the downtrodden, go do that, but don't come into agreement with that. Understand what you're coming into agreement with, because when you come into agreement with it, you are subject to it. Satan's a trickster. He's a liar. He's a conjurer. He's a whisperer. We need to understand who we are. Don't even entertain. When the the Lord was tempted in the wilderness, he didn't respond to anything Satan said. He just spoke the word back to him. There's so many different things he could have said, but he didn't because he knew what Satan was capable of. He just spoke the word back at him. Now, I hope this is getting through to some people. Larry and I pray every day, fellow member of SRT, and we're always asking the Lord for other people. People that would want to just pray for us, be aerial support. But maybe along the way we'll find others that we can train and leave them where they are to show his authority and his power and to do what we do. But I have to be honest, it's very difficult to find anybody that wants to do this. And I'm not asking you to do that. That's not what this is about. What I'm trying to get you to understand is who you are in your life, in your walk, in your sphere of influence. You are an ambassador of the kingdom of God. You can speak freedom into somebody's life. That word in due season. You can speak the word into somebody's life and set them free and rescue them from the hold of the enemy. But you can't do that if you're all caught up in the world, you're caught up in social media, you're caught up in everything but God, you're caught up in everything but the Lord. You spend time with everybody but but Him. Father, I'm just crying out to you right now. I'm, I'm just asking you to touch your children. I'm tired of watching them get taken, get destroyed, get wounded. I'm tired of watching them lose marriages, loved ones, children's relationship. I'm tired of it, Lord. I'm asking for your children to wake up. I'm asking you to wake them up. I'm asking for the word to stir inside of them, for the their dry bones to be filled with fire, that they would have fire in their bones. They would have a heart's cry for you. They'd not get caught up in denominationalism or religion or all this other nonsense, but their heart, soul, mind, and spirit, everything would be about your return and the furthering of the kingdom of God. We will not serve man-made kingdoms. We will not make that mistake again. So bless us. Touch us. Forgive us. And fill us right now with your power. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to leave you with a Dennis Jernigan clip that I play a lot. But may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord Lord, make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I'm Richard Grun. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio. (laughs) 